You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's Views podcast for Wednesday, May 4th. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. And today on the show, we have a very special interview for you with Duke Manyweather offensive line expert from OL Masterminds. Duke uh, works with many of the uh, the NFL draft prospects, NFL players, we've had the pleasure of talking to Duke a number of times in the past. A year ago, we talked to Duke about uh, former Giants guard Will Hernandez and some of the work that, that he had done with Will. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with Duke regarding first-round draft pick Evan Neal, penciled in to be the Giants' right tackle, as well as the... Uh, the overall reconstruction of the Giants' offensive line. We'll get to uh, we'll get to that interview here shortly. First, though, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about the Giants' uh, post draft. One of the things that I like to do here occasionally on uh, on the Valentine's Views podcast is is go to our Big Blue View mailbag and and pull out a question that uh, that I might also be be looking to answer. In our weekly mailbag that we do at Big Blue View on Saturday, I thought I would do that today. Bob Donnelly, who's a a regular contributor to our mailbag, sent a pretty good question this week that sort of uh, wraps up a lot of what the Giants did in the offseason, both in free agency and in the draft. So I thought we would talk a little bit about that uh, here on the podcast today. Bob asks... A top priority for Joe Shane is evaluating Daniel Jones to determine if he is the franchise quarterback. Do you think the GM has done a sufficient job providing Jones the supporting cast for a fair evaluation? And the reality of it is that that is pretty much the key question, the the center of of everything for the Giants heading into 2022 is can they get uh, with new head coach Brian Dable, with new offensive coordinator Mike Kafka, with new GM Joe Shane, can they get a good read on Daniel Jones? Can they surround him with enough talent, with good enough offensive line play to get a quality evaluation of Jones? to decide whether or not uh, whether or not he should be their guy after the 2022 season. We know of course that the Giants did not pick up Jones fifth year option. I've said before I think that was absolutely the right decision to make. Didn't 
uh, it didn't make sense to me to commit 21 or $22 million to Jones for the 2023 season when they didn't yet know if he was a guy that they wanted to go forward with beyond this year. So I think that was the right move in terms of that because obviously the Giants could be back in the quarterback market in the 2023 NFL draft where as many as uh, six quarterbacks could go in the first round at least when you look at really, really early projections going in into the uh, the 2023 draft. But uh, back to Bob's question of, of whether or not uh, Joe Shane has done enough to uh, to put pieces around Jones to, to fairly evaluate him. I think the, uh, the, when you look at that, it's difficult to say yes or no, because we've seen one voluntary mini camp practice. We haven't seen the rookies on the field. We haven't seen what this offense looks like. We haven't really seen anything yet. What I can say is that I think that Shane did everything he possibly could have to uh, to put those pieces around Jones, working with very, very limited salary cap resources. Shane added a number of offensive linemen who are not great, but at least average, competent NFL offensive linemen with a good amount of starting experience, Mark Lewinsky, John Feliciano, Max Garcia, Jamil Douglas as a depth piece, Matt Gano is a swing tackle from the Atlanta Falcons, who's played some, who started a decent number of games as well, could wind up as the Giants' swing tackle, did as much as he could there, added a couple of uh, of wide receivers that he was familiar with from Buffalo, added an intriguing wide receiver from the, uh, I believe, from the San Francisco 49ers in Richie James, added a backup running back in Matt Breida, went out and got a, a quality backup quarterback and a, a guy who could help Daniel Jones uh, in the quarterback room in Tyrod Taylor. So he did as much as he could. The Giants are also... Looks like they're going to try to work with Kadarius Toney, the 2021 first-round pick, see what uh, see what develops there. They love Toney's skill set. I think the Giants like the idea of, of being able to get quick, easy completions, being able to uh, to get yardage after the catch, make make it easy on their quarterback to uh, to get completions, to get yardage, to uh, to not have to stand back there and and uh, and look around the field and make a lot of reads and and depend on uh, on on a lot of uh, of tremendous pass protection. Although they hope to get that tremendous pass protection, but they're trying to to build playmakers to uh, to make things as easy on the quarterback as they possibly can. And, and I like that. But uh, Shane did as much as he could. In free agency, I thought, you know, given the budgetary constraints that the Giants have to uh, to supplement the offense, to fill holes, to uh, to 
give Jones pieces to work with. He also signed a couple of tight ends, Jordan Akins, Ricky Seals, Jones, guys who uh, who have not been great NFL players but have experience, have had some success in the league, and, and should be able to contribute. I mean, in the draft, you added Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal with the seventh overall pick. Neal should plug in and be the Giants' right tackle, giving the Giants a, a pair of young bookend tackles in Neal on the right side and Andrew Thomas on the left side, who should be really, really good, really solid players for the Giants to construct an offensive line around you know, for several years to, uh, to come at this point. So Giants fans have to feel really, really good about that. The selection of Wandale Robinson in the second round, you know, raised some eyebrows because consensus big boards and guys like Mel Kuyper and guys like Dane Brugler and and all of that w- will tell you that they that they think that the Giants drafted Wandale Robinson early, and maybe they did. But what it tells you is that the Giants have a specific plan in mind on their offense, as I talked about a little bit earlier. They want, you know, catch and run. They want to be able to make quick completions. They want to be able to scheme some things for guys, put the ball in their hands quickly, and let guys make plays. We'll see how all of that works out. Giants drafted two offensive guards from North Carolina in the middle rounds to supplement the offensive line. They drafted tight end Daniel Bellinger, uh, which was a a need pick for them to... uh, to supplement in that position as well. I So we have to see how it all shakes out. We don't know how some of these young guys are going to perform. But I think in answering Bob's question, for me, I think Joe Shane did as much as he could have to uh, to supplement the, uh, the offense and, and to give Daniel Jones pieces. I mean, you can argue that maybe he could have drafted a wide receiver in the first round, but you also have to remember that there are other positions that needed to be supplemented. There was a defense that needed to be upgraded. And, and getting Kayvon Thibodeau, getting a pass rusher who can uh, impact games you know, from the front seven, doing something like that, also helps Daniel Jones because it, it it might improve field position. It might create turnovers. Again, you know, the better the defense plays, the easier it is for the offense as well. So so that is also a factor. But my my viewpoint on that question really is that I think Joe Shane did as much as he possibly could have uh, given the, the resources he was working with to to upgrade the talent around Daniel Jones. All right, Giants fans, let's take a short break for a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. When we come back, I'll be talking to Duke Manyweather of OL Masterminds about Evan Neal and the rest of the Giants offensive line. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place. 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined by offensive line expert Duke Manyweather of the Offensive Line Performance Center. Duke, thank you very, very much for a couple minutes and uh, wanted to uh, speak with you today about Evan Neal. Thanks for having me, Ed. So I know that uh, I'm correct that you worked with Evan uh, during the buildup to uh, to the draft, right? Yes, um, I've been working with Evan since he was in high school back at IMG. Um, just a lovely family. I think there's been some clips floating around of his parents um, and just their words of encouragement and uh, inspiration and affirmation. And that's kind of what that family is about. And uh, that's why you see the grade A human being that Evan Neal is right now. So got a great relationship with Evan and his parents and have had it for a while uh, that really built up into what you see now in terms of the, the work that we did preparing for this uh, off season and this uh, draft process. So just let's talk about Evan, the person, what are the giants getting in, in Evan Neal, the person they're getting definitely a franchise uh, level tackle. That's going to be no nonsense. He's going to be first in the building. He's very structured, uh, goes about his business with a lunch pail. Um, he's going to have a routine that he gets in. He's going to ask the right questions. He's going to be intense at everything that he does. Uh, he's going to command respect from his teammates as soon as he steps in that building. And, uh, you know, the staff and the rest of the team will, will follow behind it. But uh, just really uh, an intense individual um, in terms of everything he does in terms of intent. And I think that, uh, you know, some even the, some of the older guys are going to love that about him around how he gets to work. He's not going to back down from a challenge, um, and he's definitely not going to back down from um, adversity. I know that, you know, leading up to the draft, everybody looked at uh, – Kind of like a couple years ago with the four offensive tackles, everybody looked at at uh, Evan and Icky Iquanu and, and Charles Cross, and everybody had their opinions as to who was the best of, of that group. And, and I don't want to pin you down to to you know your order of those three guys, but when I looked at it, and when I look back at it. Evan Neal was really the perfect fit for the Giants because he's plug-and-play on the right side, you know, which is where I think the Giants are going to play him at right tackle. Uh, did you look at it that way, and do you look at it that way, that he, he was the, the, the sort of perfect plug-and-play choice? Yeah, I thought Evan was the best tackle in the draft. Um, with those top four guys, though, there was something special and unique about all of them that you could like. Um, I, I've said this over and over again. Um, Evan was probably the uh, most of that in terms of pass protection and run blocking um, efficiency. You know exactly what you're going to get with him. He also had the most position flex. He started at right tackle with dominant tape. He started at left guard with dominant tape. He started at left tackle 
take. So when you look at that, that gives him the leg up to me on anybody else in the class. When you look at uh, Iki Iquano, um, he was an elite run blocker. Still has got a lot of work to do in pass protection, but you're confident with uh, a guy as smart and as athletic as Iki is that he's going to be able to pick up some of these things uh, to make that transition in the Sunday. When you look at Charles Cross, Charles Cross was very uh, efficient in his pass protection, uh, probably elite pass protector and elite in his recovery, which are all things that you want um, out of your franchise left tackle. When you look at Trevor Penning, his mentality, aggressiveness, is something that cannot be taught um, in terms of finishing. And so when you look at those top four guys, all of them really have something special about them. But in terms of what the Giants get are getting, the Giants are getting what they already know. They're getting a known product that's got position flexibility. I think he started 40 or 41 games, only missed one game due to COVID. Um, just really uh, durable and consistent. And I'm curious, you know, what, what kind of things have you been working on, you know, with, with Evan? Is there anything specific uh, that, that you guys ha- have been targeting with him? Yeah, absolutely. So there was a notion that he was on the ground a lot um, because of balance. But when I went back and looked at it, it really wasn't a balance issue. Um, he's got really good feet and really good overall balance in terms of um you know, free movement. It was kind of the same that we went back and looked at Rashawn Slater, why he was falling off blocks. Uh, Rashawn would fall off blocks at Northwestern on the second level, and people thought it was a balance issue. And then um, Evan would drive guys five or six yards downfield and then fall off blocks and get thrown, so to speak. It wasn't a balance issue. What it was is really a leverage issue. And uh, this is not to a knock on any coach or any player because this is how it's taught. But you don't want to get as much extension with the arms um, and the hips as, as most people may think. And so really what we worked on is focusing on the hand placement and make, and create the leverage with the hands and then staying into more of a fit position with the feet and the hips underneath and uh, the engagement of the core. And uh, and I'm curious, just, I mean, do you think that, you know, for, from from college to the NFL – we know that that Andrew Thomas had uh, sort of a, a rough adjustment. You know, it took him a while. Uh, do you would you anticipate you know that type of thing f- for Evan, or would you anticipate a smarter, a sort of a smoother transition? You know, for him. I think a smoother transition. Um... You know, it wasn't fair for Andrew Thomas to come into the giant situation that he was in in terms of the conflict uh, between offensive line coaches and head coach and offensive coordinators. It was really, uh, you know, just a, a perfect storm uh, that a rookie uh, franchise tackle did not need to be involved in. But he did. He ended up finding out a way, found out ways not to do things and found out new ways to win on Sundays. So, um, as I've said over and over again, when people like were really harsh on Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas' best footballer is still ahead of him. I truly believe that. I've said that since day one, um, and I think you saw that towards the end of his rookie year and then his second year. Um, I think Evans' transition is going to be smoother. Um, I think with Bobby Johnson and then also with uh, Anthony Sperano Jr., um, those are two really solid offensive line coaches that are going to be able to take and tailor-make uh, you know, Evans' skill set to him. Um, you know, I, I, I'm 
He's going to be in Evans corner as well, helping him out. So I think the transition is going to be smoother. I think you're going to see a cleaner product um, in terms of rookie uh, that you did with Andrew Thomas, not to knock up Andrew Thomas, just based on the situation. Now. And you, know, you look at the way Andrew has developed you know, since the beginning of his rookie year, and now you have Evan Neal. And from your perspective, you think that uh, that the Giants, you know, finally, you know, have a pair of bookend tackles that they can go forward with for a few years? Hell yeah. I think you got this tackle tandem for the next, you know, five to ten years if you want it. Um, I think both these guys are going to project and end up breaking the bank at some point. So you're probably going to have to make a business decision. Um, but it's crazy, man. You know, Andrew Thomas going into his third year and then they'll going in uh, to his rookie year. Um, you've got a young tackle tandem that is pretty darn good that I think in a couple of years we're going to be talking about is the best tackle tandem in football. Um, so the Giants have to feel good about that. I think they continue to build out that interior offensive line, which I think they kind of address some of those with the doozy uh, from North Carolina, I think that he's probably going to end up sliding into a guard spot. Really like some of his tape at tackle at North Carolina, but I, I project him being able to partic- particularly uh, either be a swing tackle or go into uh, uh, one of the guard spots to kind of earn a, earn a robe. So I think the Giants are in a good position, man. I'm excited about what they did this draft. I actually think both New York teams drafted really well. You know, it's interesting. I did want to ask you about Azudi, uh, you know, whose whose name I actually have to figure out how to pronounce correctly one of these days. But uh, I think you look at the Giants, and, and the only spot that's a question for me in terms of who will start is that left guard spot. I mean, you yeah. think you think he's a kid? You think you know, third round pick, sixty seventh overall? Can he compete to uh, to start in that spot in year one? I think you'd like to believe that that's why they drafted him there to be able to bring in and potentially grab that left guard spot. Um, I think that um, he's capable of doing it. Play with some really good power on tape at North Carolina. Um, really physical run blocker, and then you know can do some things in pass protection as well. So he's got the size and the frame to be able to kick down inside, even though he played tackle at North Carolina. But um, yeah, I'm interested to see what that competition looks like. Hey, I'm also curious. New coaching staff for the Giants. We're not familiar with with Bobby Johnson and, and Tony Sperano. What what can you what can you tell us about about those guys? You know what, what do you know about them? Yeah, they're gonna be hard nosed coaches, um, uh, but not, but not, but not the fake tough stuff. You know, not the 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 the, the things that like don't really matter. They're gonna be hard nosed in terms of making sure that the fundamentals and the, the small nuances of the game are executed down in and down out. Uh, they're gonna take a liking to development. They're gonna be patient with development, and I think that's what you need with such a young uh, pair of tackles, and then eventually a young interior. All right, and I don't. Do you are you familiar with the guys that the Giants the the interior guys that the Giants added as free agents uh, John Feliciano Max Garcia uh, Mark Glowinski some of those guys I'm curious just for for some of your thoughts on on what they did in free agency. Yeah, you know, all the guys that you just named um, have played a lot of football in the NFL. Max Garcia has started games. Lewinsky has started games. Uh, Feliciano has started games as well. He was up in Buffalo with uh, Bobby Johnson. So I think you got 
some quality depth in terms of guys that um, have been starters, could be stopgap starters, but then also provide quality depth, which is so important um, with the war of attrition that the NFL is, especially with the added weeks to the season, you know, playing into the second week of February, if you wish, if you reach the World Championship Super Bowl. So um, I think that is key. Um, I think the key to the game, though, is going to be able to get uh, the perfect mesh with finding your top five. Um, I think two of them have already figured out. You'd like to think that Nick Gates hopefully can come back from that brutal injury that he sustained to kind of anchor that uh, center of that line, um, and then you find your guards right there. So I feel confident that the Giants have definitely upgraded their situation. I feel confident that uh, new coaching staff, uh, with, again, like specifically with Bobby Johnson and Sperano, will help to bring those guys along. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see. All right, Duke, thank you very, very much for a few minutes. Always enjoy uh, always enjoy talking to you. Finally, first time in a long time, I think the Giants can be really optimistic about their offensive line. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to see what they break. That's our show for today, Giants fans. Thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio wherever you listen to podcasts. Take care of each other out there. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.